but you know what the show no, no one no one waits we just gotta the show can't wait we just gotta get get it going get it on and that's why um i pressed live and oh yeah there we go finally we get the numbers are coming up they're shooting right up now yes that's that's it that's that's it that's right guys all right so first up ooh, fish bait sydney let's put it up he's he says big shroom mr shroom <laughs> i wish i was big no i'm not i'm a small guy but uh, thank you very much for supporting the stream. Every show, um, you're always, you know, you're you're always the first person to put your hand up, you know, to you know to to lend support. And I greatly appreciate your continued support. And yeah, thanks, thanks very much for supporting the show, Fishbait Sydney. All right, let's go see uh, who's in the chat right now. So. Show's now started. Let's 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 go check through the list of people. So Novo was first on the block. Novo, he said, "Hey, Shroom," and it's it's actually Andreas. So hi, Andreas, how, how you going? And then we had Asian boy come through. Angus Pack, David, how's it going? He's another regular that I've seen before. Fish based Sydney, of course. Just gave him a shout out um, not thirty seconds ago. Always good to have all you guys. Let's see who else is coming through the door. Elias. Ayub, Dejan Stank Stankovic, he says, hey, Shroom, Flick and Fish with Anthony. He says, let's go. That's right. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get the show on the road. It's a, it, it's a cold, windy one out there tonight, this weekend. Not, not the best condition to fear. All right. There we go. I have no idea what's going on there. Um, my screen's just flashed black. And then everything just went down. Both both PCs, everything, like all, all my electronics. Um, I reset the router and all that, but it looks like I'm back. All right, guys. Like I said, nothing can stop this show. We're back. We're back. I can see the numbers now. The messages are coming through. Something was wrong. I don't know what it was. Normally, the internet's pretty good, very reliable. But anyway, we're back. Let's go through the list. Let's see who else is here. I missed a bunch of things. I know there's like 50 messages. David Hafer's here, fishing with Jono. Issa Rizik says, how you doing, mate? Doing good. Blades, I bank knives, sup, bro. How things, love the content. G, respect. Respect to you too, brother. Uh, Motley Cat, if I haven't shouted him out. Hi, he says, did you go fishing today with all the windy weather? No, not at all, hi. Just been setting up um, this live stream. So it takes actually takes me ages to set it up. But um, yeah, wasn't able to get out tonight. Uh, today, Golden Owl Fishing, he's here. He says, sup, sup, shroom, Angus, pack. And yeah, Fish Base Sydney, shout out to you again. Thanks for becoming a member. Um, really appreciate it. You were a member before, I think, last month. Definitely, um, yeah, ch check check on the community, the members only community tab. Quite a few interesting posts there for you to have a look at. Super Blue Man says, how All right. If this goes once again, I'm going to switch to. Um, mobile hotspot and tethering because that's that's got to be more reliable than this i can't believe it. it's taken a whole a season and a, and a bit more to run into such ridiculous issues besides from that time all the ogs remember when i actually continued talking for like 15 minutes when my microphone was off that was that was actually so funny when i look back at that stream um yeah so let's keep going down dan dan we've got Nua shallaby says hey shroom novo again stream freeze yeah that's right okay so i'm finally catching up let's keep going down all right let's go find some questions guys got any questions how's your night by the way how's your saturday evening 
I think this one here, this is the first stream that this year at least that I've had the heater cranking on on high. It's been that cold. Probably about a week and a half ago, the temperatures just dropped by about 10 degrees. You know, the water, not, not too bad still. So the water temperature is slowly dropping as you would expect. And obviously with more rain, if we keep getting more rain, then the temperature is definitely going to plummet. But I think like kind of like, especially in the season right now, that that water temperature is starting to get quite low. So, um, you know, you're not going to get all the pickers coming through. Um, mostly just quality over quantity, especially over the latter part of autumn and then the start and all throughout winter up until probably about middle of spring at around October when, you know, you start to see a little bit more action, uh, uh, quite a few more bites um, then. All right, so it looks like the stream is behaving. All right, a Blades iBank Knight says, as soon as he says weather, boom, that's right, yeah. I, 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 maybe, I, um, maybe I've done something, I've jinxed something in this stream. Woo, I don't know what's going on. Um, Noah says, I think because of the cold weather, geez, my right screen just blinked, so that, that ain't good. That internet is shocking tonight. I might just start setting up that um, backup internet anyway. Sarah says, Shroom, do you do us a big shout out from Sue Sue from the area? We love you. Well, here's your shout out, Sarah. Hope you're having a wonderful night. Jason Andrews, I love the YouTube video. Please PM me a place. Me and my son can go fishing closest to car park. Um, all right, Jason, uh, whereabouts are you based and which system uh, would you like to fish? I'll give you some suggestions. So just drop it down in the comment section down um, down below. Well, in in the live chat, Khalil's vlog says what happened. Yeah, that was the internet. Let's keep going down. All right. So one one four AZ two says you going to purchase the new NRX uh, plus? All right. I haven't heard about the new NRX plus yet. If that's what it's called, I'm gonna have to look into that. Um, as you guys know, I've got the I've got the eight five two S. From the NRX series, that which has been around for at least ten years, I'd say. So it's 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 getting on in the years. It's still one of the most sensitive, um, strong, fast action rods that I've used. So it's literally it's literally like an aluminium pole, heaps of power, really light. I really like that kind of um, that kind of rod, especially when I'm flicking hard. Sorry, hard, heavy, soft plastics with um, heavy jig heads. Because of that power in the in the tip, and also throughout the backbone, I can set hooks, especially on mulloway and flathead and kingfish. Now, I'll definitely be interested in checking that out if there is such a thing as NRX Plus. I know these days Gary Loomis, he's now got a different company. He's got the Edge or NFC, I think it's called North Fork Composites, and he makes the Edge series. So. That's the rod that I'm using for Brim right now. So I'm I'm a big fan of those those um, kinds of rods. Steven, how's it going? He says your internet is as freezing as the weather. <laughs> That's right. Unbelievable. Scott Midup says, Hey Shroom, love your content. What do you prefer out of the Z-Man or Bait Junkie Curly Tail Grubs? I think both are fantastic lures. Z-Man, they're a little bit more on the stretchy side. They're much more durable. The colors are very bright. I, I like I, I like the range that they've got. 
I like the sizing that they've got. They've got the two inch and the two and a half inch. And between the two, suits my style of fishing. The Bay Junkies, new on the new on the market, they have a lot of natural colors in the range. And I think that that's what sets them apart. They're a little bit longer. They've got a slightly more tactile feel and it's easier to rig them. Um, and they, they sink a little bit faster too. So the buoyancy of those lures, completely different. They Obviously, they're both curly tail grubs of very similar shapes. But I guess the one minor difference is that one is extremely buoyant and stretchy and harder to rig. And then you've got the other one, which is a more like a solid uh, material, solid foundation to, to rig onto. And, you know, the color range, definitely a lot more natural. So, I, I mean, I... I haven't used the the Bane Junkies as much because they're like I said they're they're new to the market. End of last year is when they they you know they came onto the Australian market. But yeah, both both lure brands, well both um, lure ranges, fantastic. So that's uh, my answer to that. Super Blue Man says, "Hey Shroom, just wanted to ask how the hell you manage to fish in these conditions? It's so cold, the fish are slow, and I get too impatient." All right, let's address each of these parts of the question because i'm sure that a lot of people have the same question same sets of questions as well so how do i manage to fish in these conditions well first of all i get out there i get out there and i try my best to present the lure in the best way possible and that might mean that i might have to increase the lead head size or change lure styles you know, from slow sinking um, lures such as grubs to faster sinking lures such as flick baits or paddle tails with slimmer, you know, the, the slimmer tail so it doesn't grab onto the water as, as, as much. You know, just small adjustments like that and experience. Uh, like the more you get out there in these conditions, the more you learn to basically deal with the wind or the, um, you know, the tide. So I'm guessing like most of the time when you say, how do I manage these conditions? The number one condition that everyone hates is high winds. High winds is um, incredibly difficult to get around. Um, things that you can do, adjust the cast, keep it low to the water so that you're firing it through the wind rather than up and above and catching the wind. That helps. Um once it's hit the water, you want to wind in enough slack so that there isn't a bow in the line so that, again, the wind can catch it. Some of my videos, you'll see that I also like to rest the line along the water. So most of the time, you'll see that I've got, I've got the rod tip up out of the water and the line directly leads down to the water and then through the water to where the lure is. If the wind's going really strong, one direction or the other, keep that rod tip down rest it along the water the water will just take the wind out of the equation but now you have to address a different issue which is the current flow so you don't want your lure dragging if you do that so i like to cast ahead of the current so that by the time it hits the bottom it's pretty much parallel to me i'll get a few hops in before it starts to drag and then i'll recast so that's something you could do if that's difficult you can always switch it up to heavier lures you know you can use metals you can use jigs you can use heavier jig heads larger lures generally the light line stuff 
from when you're using about one sixteenth, one twenty fourth of an ounce and lower, that's probably you got to be on your A game to fish in probably like anything above say 30, 30 kilometers an hour. Or sorry, twenty kilometers an hour winds with about thirty gusting. That's probably that that that's kind of like the level where you kind of on on, on the fence of fifty fifty whether you want to fish light line or start throwing out the medium gear. You know, with your quarter ounce, three eighth ounce, half eighth ounce, three inch, four inch, five inch lures. Now, if you want to stay with your light line gear, you can use all those, um, you know, those those techniques that I said before. Rest the line on the water, increase it to one eighth ounce jig head. Use faster sinking lures. So I wouldn't, for example, everyone knows I like to use the Z-Man grub in watermelon red. I wouldn't do that. You know, if it's if it's blowing 30, 40 gusting and I'm that desperate for a fish and I'm out on the river, you know, you can switch it to something like a one-eighth ounce with maybe a Z-Man Slim Swims or one of the three-inch um, minnows from, you know, the Bay, Daiwa Bay Junkie series. Um you know, squidgies have plenty, plenty in the range. Squidgies also, they're not very, um, they're not as stretchy. They're a bit more dense. They sink a bit faster. So you can swap the brands around Berkeley gulps, you know, two, two inch, three inch prawns. They sink like a brick. You can, you can do that. Um, if you really want to stick to your light line, hard bodies, that's another, that's another lure type that I've used a lot in my videos. Sometimes I start off with a plastic inside my vlogs and you'll see that I say, look, um, yeah, it's just that, that wind is bad. Tie on a three B fat dog crank from Berkeley or, you know, a Jackal chubby or, you know, there's so, there's so many on the market. Tie, tie on one of those in one of those colors. Atomic yet, yeah, as you guys know, the atomic hards, atomic hards in go skill Brown, 38 millimeter deep diver, or even the, the medium shallow divers, they're good too. And you just have to crank it crank it through the water you don't have to worry too much about line lay in that case actually i've taken a lot a lot of time explaining that question maybe I'll, I'll be quick to finish the rest of it so cold fish are slow i get too impatient yes it's uh it's slow it's hard fishing but as you saw last year caught like um the biggest brim that i've ever caught 47 and a half centimeters it's there, you know, that, that quality of fish, once, once the conditions get a bit uncomfortable, there's less people on the river, less lures for the fish to select. Could be your lure if you get out there, uh, day or night. Nighttime, I still remember that, that brim, amazing. It took, um, it took a two and a half inch Z-Man Slim Swims in Bloodworm. I didn't know what it was. It was, it, it ran so hard the first, the first time that I had, I was guessing whether it was even a brim. So yeah, all right. Let's 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 move on, guys. Yeah, continue to drop your questions. I'll try to stay to the to, uh, ahead at, at the forefront of the chat as well. I saw one um, comment there thanking me about um, the brand ambassador for yeah for for Decky. So guys, yeah, just make give a quick shout out to Decky. So I've jumped on board with them. They make a boating application. You can check things such as you know the map of Sydney with things such as restriction zones, boats, boat ramps, just a lot of things useful for boating and fishing. You can check the weather, you can check tides. So check it out, it's a free app if you're interested in that. All right, um, let's just put this question up. 
Al Alkis Catch says, whereabouts can you catch Bass and EP around Sydney? All right. Bass, right now, late autumn, they're moving down throughout the, the salt. So bass is predominantly a freshwater species. Anything past any of the river systems that have weirs have bass because, you know, they've got fish ladders and they can get in between. They can get up and down from the fresh and the salt. Anytime you're casting towards the fresh, you're, you're talking bass in Sydney. Now, right now they're coming down to spawn. So you're going to start finding them in the salt as well. Places such as Chipping Northern Lakes, this is like a great time to just get bass bycatch. Um, Parramatta River System, you can get it all down through, you know, Ride or Me, uh, Ride, Meadowbank. And obviously, you can even get them down further because, you know, they're going down to breed. EPs, EPs, um, May 31st, I think it is. So make sure you go check, um, check the DPR website, but there's a closed season. So they're breeding now as well. And they're starting to stack up very hard in little balls of like 50 to 100 fish, especially at night. Um, yeah, but if you catch one, yeah, you definitely have to let it go. All throughout um, the systems at this stage, most easily targeted in the evenings around the runout tides in any system at any narrowings that have lights. So anywhere where you kind of get a lot of congregation of bait, like wolves, for example, or really narrow bridges, this is the time, like basically, to to target EPs. And if you find one, you're gonna find. Now, I'm not gonna exaggerate. You're probably if you if you catch one, you're probably gonna catch at least ten, if not maybe even twenty, maybe even more. So it's 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 that kind of it's that kind of fishing. Like if you chase EPs, particularly late late um late May, start of June, July. They're, they're stacking up. They're starting to stack up. They're breeding. Actually, a lot of things are breeding right now. So, for example, if you've watched my last video on um, where I caught that mullet, I started to notice now that they've started to thin a lot up the rivers. So, they're, they're already running. They're already running down towards the sea, towards the beaches to stack up again and spawn, breed. So, yeah, it's, it's always a crazy time, especially at the end of end of autumn and the start of winter another good species to target right now is uh, mulloway so this is kind of like when if you put the time in you're gonna you're, you're gonna find some success as well so they're they're still all throughout the system right now i've seen a lot of reports of people getting some nice fish uh what else yeah kingfish Kingfish in the winter, or the generally, I mean, these these last two two years, it's been a bit weird. We're still getting a, like a lot of rats, you know, even even throughout autumn. But generally, what happens is rat season is during the warmer months, during summer, and then um, come winter, it's the bigger models. Now, what's happened to my chat here? Yeah, so the you know the bigger models, and you you find them up the system. You find them up the system at this stage. So I think right now people are seeing big models up the Georges, you know, Picnic Point and around those kinds of areas in the harbour. You know, last year, I think there was like a massive, like, there was a, there was a time when there was like, there were massive kings up Middle Harbour all the way past, um, up towards Roseville, for example. That's, I mean, these are like those months when 
if you fish structure, you fish sunken wrecks, you fish slightly up the river, you get the big models and the rats are like not as common. But yeah, like I said, these last couple of couple of years, it's been very different. So people are still seeing massive schools of rats, you know, roaming the shores lately. Um, I think it's a little, little bit difficult to target them right now. They seem to be a little bit picky. So I don't, I don't know if that's any, got anything to do with the increasing abundance of um, jelly prawns right now because like I've, I, I've, I've been told that in certain areas now around certain bays as that population is starting to explode. And when that happens, generally they're fixated on that size of bait and it's generally hard to tempt them with um, lures, which are obviously going to be a lot bigger in size and hard to replicate too. So that's um, that's something to 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 be mindful of. Oh yeah, and one other thing, salmon, salmon. Right now, this is the season everywhere. I haven't been able to find these massive schools, but they're everywhere. They're everywhere over the all over the harbour. They're in Botany Bay. They're going up the Georges. Now is the time. They're not. I don't think they're quite fixated on microscopic or really tiny bait, such as I think what they call them is that they refer to them as eyes. They're not fixated on that just yet. So yeah, you can definitely get them on lures right now, but once that starts to happen, then it's going to get really difficult. But yeah, plenty of, plenty of bait in the system right now. Now, I think I just got completely sidetracked. So let's go find another question. Parker Beal says, hey, Shrimps, 2.45 a.m. for me. So I won't stay for long. Jeez. Um, hi, how's it going, Parker? Where are you from? Dro drop it down in the comments section. I want to see. I want to see what you say. Chody on mobile. Don't know if you remember me, but thank you so much for the tips on Australian bass as, as it has helped me catch my first and heaps more. Congratulations. Well done. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. What's the, where's the next question? All right. So let's go to the front here. I have no idea why I keep losing it. This chat is just failing me. Let me just reload that. Anyway, I can still see the chat on the right. Um, Fish Bay Sydney, he's got a question and he says, did you hear about the $1 million kingfish in the harbour? I think I heard about that during the summer. Is that, um, have they released that or is that like, is that actually going on right now? I haven't seen anything in the media to suggest that at this stage because I'm sure that if they did, everyone would be um, pretty much talking about it. But yeah, at some stage, I think, I think in the summer, yeah, I saw plenty of people share on social media through, especially through Facebook, million dollar kingy, this and that. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, let, let me know if anyone knows if they have actually released that fish. Oh yeah. Fish Bay Sydney says they have released that. All right. Interesting. I wonder who's going to catch that. All right. Miles Brigham says, apparently it was a rumor mate. All right. Okay. We shall see. Yeah, I, yeah, not too sure. Sud4 says, any good spot for squid in the harbour? Um, you're chasing squid for bait or to consume? So Ducky OCE says, best lure for, for Australian salmon? Um, hard to say. Hard to say what the best lure for Australian salmon is. I can, I can list all the lures that have worked for me. 40 gram radar. Small metal, unbranded metals. Um, Z-Man grubs, watermelon, red. You guys know that, of course. Slim Swims, got plenty of those. Got them on the grubs in 
Bloodworm as well in brown. Quatamon, Squidgy Fish, chasing Mulloway up in uh, 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 up, up the system in the para, up the system in the Georges. What else? Flies would work on them. Haven't tried that, but I've got my setup and lures ready. If I do come across a, a big school, I want to give that a go. Um, what else? What else has worked on Sam? They take live bait. They they smash live squid. They smash my live yakas. Um, pilchards. I think it was a lure question, but you know this might help somebody else. Pilchard cubes. I've caught quite a few nice ones off the beach in Cronulla, especially. During dusk, around that time when the sun set, salmon bite is pretty good. Taylor bite's pretty good too. Danny Boy says, do you happen to know what the best snapper soft plastics are? Um, No, no. I was, I mean, last live stream, what I said was I was going to bring a snapper expert on and I still haven't. I still got to figure out how to get, get a guest on here. But at some stage, I will. But from my limited knowledge, you can use... Curly tail grubs in the class range of five to seven inch in pink and white. They seem to be the colors that most people um, pretty much they that that that's the kind of colors that I've seen pull the the big snapper uh, with lure fishing anyway. All right, fishing with Jono says Shroom, you missed my question. It is a bit. It is a bit about what fish bait Sydney's comment. All right, um, put yeah, put put it down again. I'm I'm pretty bad. You know, cut me some slack. Internet went down. You know, all, all kinds of things. Had a nosebleed just before this uh, stream started. I don't know if anyone caught a bit of my singing at the at the start. There was a bit of an Easter egg for you guys, as I know that might get some of you guys g'd up. Frank Sinatra, of course. Is uh Rizik says, what are some good lures for some big flatties? All right, yes, yes, yes. All right. My 92 centimeter flatty and my 80 centimeter flatties got got a couple in the 80 range, got that one nice one in the 90 range, came on one lure, and that was the squidgy fish in silver fox in a hundred millimeters. Hundred millimeters. So that's that's my go-to. There's probably like um, plenty more lures that would probably have caught those fish, but you know that's that's what's scored the runs for me. That's what's got the runs for me on the board. That lure, you know, I can't knock it. I'll give you some other uh, other lures that I like to use. So two videos ago, I started off using the Berkeley Gulp in nuclear chicken five inch. The five inch and the seven inch absolutely smashes. The uh the flathead, especially in Botany Bay. I don't know what it is, but if you've seen some of my earlier videos, especially when I'm on the boat with Terry, it's literally um a fish a cast between the both of us. It's unbelievable how good those lures were. Ah. Uh, um that day I tried a few other lures as well. But yeah, Terry was showing me up. So he he was showing me up and he said, you know, shrimp, try, you know, go 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 the gulp. And uh, it worked. Half ounce, uh, half yeah, half ounce jig head. I think it was a five five inch jerk shad Berkeley gulp jerk shad in the nuclear chicken color, which is green and pink. Something about that combination, absolutely dynamite on the flatty on the flatties. And uh, yeah, let's let's go for one more one more lure for flatties. I think vibes vibes. 
I've done well with the Jekyll Trans Am 95 millimeter uh, vibe. Soft, it's a soft bodied vibe. Yeah, really good. These days, you know, I don't see too many reports of people using that lure. These days, there's a lot more options on the market. For example, Samaki make the Vibelicious. That's a really good lure. I can't see why that lure wouldn't be just as effective these days. But yeah, that, that's probably my top three. So Vibe and two plastics. Oh yeah, let, let, let's throw in one more. Let's throw in a hard body. Let's throw in a hard body. The, the Daiwa, um, what, what, what is that one? That suspending one. How can I forget? The Daiwa suspending lure. Let me just Google this. Daiwa suspending jerk baits. I, if I see it on the chat first, I'll consult the chat. You guys help me out. I'm just going through Google now. How can I not find out what it is? It's in my tackle box. Double clutch. There we go. The double clutch. That's right. Double clutching our way to <laughs> our way to the answer there. Um, Daiwa double clutch. I've been doing well with the 70 millimeter one in the estuaries up the rivers. It's just a perfect bait because even when you're not working, uh, working the lure with the twitching, because of the fact that it's suspended in the middle of the water, the, the flatties can still get there in time and nail that lure. Because I find flatties kind of give up on the lure, especially if it falls down to the ground, to the sea floor uh, before they get there. So what, one interesting thing, well, what, one of my theories is that you get a lot of flatties where you hook them underneath the head and underneath the jaw. And that's kind of because when you hop the the lures, they kind of try to sprint sprint towards um swim really quickly towards the towards the lure to hit it. But by the time they get there, everyone's using heavy jig heads, half ounce, three eighth ounce, and you know of that kind of like um, class. And so it hits the sea floor, and then what happens to them? Well, they kind of just sink back to the bottom and lie right on top of the the plastic. They just missed it. And so when you go for the next lift, you're on. And you're on underneath the chin right there. I'm sure that's happened to pretty much everyone here. So, yeah, let me know if, um, if you can recall a situation like that. Because that's, yeah, that's that's um, my theory on that anyway. Now, with the, um, with the, with the, um, the Daiwa double clutch, you know, it's suspended. So they'll, they'll just smash it. Now, if you're just targeting them, go for the 95 millimeter one. Something with a bit of metal, metal coloration that makes a good flash when you twitch it. I think that would be the go. Like maybe like a golden or, or a black color, like a shiny silver, gold, black flash every time you twitch it. All right, let me answer that question there. Um, Sod forces, have you ever thought of getting a boat? Yeah, I've thought about it. Um, not, in, not, not currently at the stage in life to, to accommodate that, um, that asset at this stage. I love my land-based fishing, fortunately, so that'll have to do for now. Trung Nguyen says, catch and cook. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I have to do some of these catch and cooks one day. The more you guys bang on the door, I'll have to oblige. All right, here we go. So um, let's see. Okay, so I missed Jono's question. Shroom, you missed my question. It's a long one, a further bit up. Okay, let me see if I can find it for you, Jono. All right, so there, there we go. So a question I've been wanting to know for ages, as you as you know, there are many different gear, uh, re, real gear ratios. What is the best 
gear ratio for bait fishing and the best gear ratio for lure fishing. All right, so gear ratios. So generally, spin reels are made in two speeds. They're made with, um, I guess you can call it like a low, low, low speed and a high speed. The idea behind the low speed is that you have a little bit more cranking power in the reel, and with the high speed, you can retrieve line faster. So there is no clear-cut answer on what is better. It's just suited towards the purpose. I think for bait fishing, I I, I generally like to go low gear where possible. I'll choose a high gear if there is a need for it. So for bait fishing, I'd go low gear. I just want to wind in the line a little bit, you know, just keep the right slack as I set my rod down. For spinning lures, if I want to get that slack in really quickly, then yeah, high gear. If I'm spinning metals, no question, you, you've got to go high gear. If you're jigging, low gear, you need the power. Um, what else? I, I, I guess besides from using it, like what 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 difference what other differences there are would be how it feels in the hand. Low gear generally is a little bit smoother than than a high gear reel. It's 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 minor, but um, it's there. So if you if you don't have a preference like me, if I don't have a preference for a reel, I'll lean towards the low gear. Now a low gear doesn't mean that it's ridiculous lower. We're talking about say a five, I think like a four point eight or a five point two versus a five point eight or a six point oh, something like that. It depends on the reel, depends on the range. Um, that's for that's pretty much for spin reels for bait cast reels. Yeah. You know, you have you have a lot more differences. I think like a lot of bait cast reels have more than two two speeds, maybe even three speeds. I seem to like um, the the high gear, the fast retrieves for the um for the bait cast gear. That one time when I was up at Weeper, that fast that fast retrieve made the difference. You just basically literally cast in a few winds in the strike zone, bring it back in, recast as the boat's drifting along you know, with a run out tide, unbelievable, just casting towards um, the mangroves like that. All right. So hope that answers your question, Jono. Let me go down here. Have I missed any new members or anything? Oh, Defunk. Let's put this up. Defunk 70. This is, uh, this must be Eric. <laughs> he says, you have to sing uh, my way. <laughs> Frank Sinatra, my way. All right. Uh, I had a bit of a bet going with him. I have to do it at some stage. So Eric, keep, yeah, keep me to my word. I will do it. I will sing it. I will belt out this song for you. So at some stage, I just don't know whether the rest of my uh, channel wants this, wants to hear it. That's all. But I will be doing it. It will be up publicly. <laughs> Everyone can go, um, you know, listen to it and throw bananas at me or whatever. <laughs> all right. Now let me get out this chat. I've been saying that I've been trying to get it up for the last half an hour. It's just disappeared on me. Um, okay, let's keep going down. Matthew says, do you target uh, much Jewfish? These days, not as much. I used to specifically just chase Mulloway. So that was um, pretty much my top two species to target. It was either if I wasn't brim fishing, I was chasing Mulloway many, many years ago. Up until I pretty much started YouTube and now, you know, it's, it's, it's just hard given the time to edit videos and the, you know life's just got a lot busier and the need to get 
you know, regular content. I've kind of just like left it towards um, for when, you know, the situation gets easier to target them. So I haven't really just put in the time. So something I like to do more often, maybe in the future, I can get back to that. Now, this chat should come up right here. Let's just put that back up. All right. Anyway, let's find the next question while this is coming up. Ali Kais says, Shroom, what are your thoughts on using Jigs land-based? Uh, nothing wrong with using Jigs land-based. The only consideration would be if you're going to let it hit the sea floor, is a snaggy. That's it. Otherwise, yeah, metal jigs work very well. Um, yeah, they, they get their share, uh, their fair share of tailor catches, um, salmon, bonito, kingfish, you know, yeah, mac tuna, the, you, you know, the list goes on, the list goes on. And you've, you also ask, um, would you ever do, do rock fishing? Yes, I will. I will be doing rock fishing. I was supposed to do rock fishing this summer. This summer I was supposed to do it. I was supposed to do it with Terry, you know, a regular on the channel. But, you know, but things uh, fell through. So we were both busy, couldn't do it, couldn't spend a few days going up, going up the coast and doing, uh, doing a rock fishing session. Guys, if you're enjoying the show, make sure you hit the like button and subscribe. Follow me on my social medias as well. You guys know where to find it. Reef Golden says baits or lures. Both. I like, I like both styles of fishing. There's always something to enjoy. They're both interesting and challenging in their own right. Um, for simplicity's sake, definitely lure fishing. I can just pretty much just hop in the car, drive down to the nearest bit of water without any thought and preparation and just start casting. So that's one of the one of the reasons why I do a lot more uh, lure fishing. Mario Condello, he says, life's busy when you're a player. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I, I, I'll have to agree with that. Uh, but I, I, I'm not a, I wouldn't consider myself a player, but that's, that was a funny comment. Thanks for that. Alcus Catch says, both Calamari and Arrow de Jean. Okay, I'm just going to try to think of a question that this might be. I think somebody asked me where to catch Calamari, where to catch Squid. Well, right now, with the sundown, Arrow Squid, pretty much anywhere along the Sydney Harbour Wharves or off, you know, off, um, off any lit areas towards the front of the bay of every um, river system. But yeah, you, you can't miss it. If you go to any, um, any, any Sydney Harbour Wharf right now, there's people throwing squid jigs. Calamari, that limits you a lot more. You have to be pretty much where the clean water is out near the ocean you can be inside still but yeah generally they only prefer the um the really salty high salinity clear uh water you can catch them day and night but again yes you can you can catch them right now nighttime is a, is a good time they got massive eyes they're nocturnal they'll they're, they're hunting right now alex verley says shroom my um my jig head is not sinking i'm using a tt 1 8 with a z-man grubs but not dropping what do you recommend well, it is dropping. It just depends on is it doing more lateral movement than a vertical drop. Sometimes the current is that fast that you're moving sideways more so than moving down, but you're definitely still falling through the water column unless you're using a really high, a really thick braid and you're letting it drag through the water column. One-eighth ounce generally will work um, 
to make the Z-Man grub sink very quickly. I think you're pretty much dropping nearly a meter per second with a one eighth ounce jig head there. Christopher, the destroyer boy says, Hey, Shroomy, I now live on, on the central coast. Ludderick fishing in the central coast is crazy in the winter. Do you have any suggestions of where I can get green? Yeah. Green weed. Does anybody know where I can get some? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about this. Uh, sorry about that, Christopher. I don't know where you can get uh, green weed, uh, green weed up at the central coast. So hopefully somebody in the chat, if you have any suggestions, help young Christopher out. He's a young, keen, mad angler. He really loves his fishing. Um, Let's go find the next question while I get this uh, chat up still. Let's actually, let's, let's just get it up once and for all. Here we go. Three, two, one. There we go. The chat's back on the screen. My gosh, it's taken me that long. Reef Golden says, what's your biggest flatty? As said earlier, 92 centimeters land base on a squidgy fish. I think it was a hundred millimeter, hundred millimeter squidgy fish. Or 80 millimeter. Now that I think about it, I'll have to check my records. But in the silver, silver fox color. That's the biggest one I've caught. I'd like to beat it one day. I think I might have to put some time in sometime this year. See if I can crack that 90 centimeter class of fish again. Um, well, let's let's keep going. Tom Tomo 70 says, What is your favorite all-round lure? Like I must say, the lure that I've been using the most would be the Z-Man Grub in Watermelon Red. So I'd have to classify that as probably my favorite. More times than not, I'm using that. That's like my general staple, how I start off fishing. If I'm not really thinking about the condition and I just want to cast a lure in, that's what I'm using. Jacob says, hey, Shroom, quick question. I wanted some expert advice from you. Have you ever used a Shimano um, Trinkston pop if Yes. What are your thoughts on it? No, I haven't used that one. I'll have to look that one up. Let's keep going down. Hi says, do you put scent on your hard body lures? I was told by fishers not to bother on hard bodies because it gets washed away faster than applying to soft plastics. Well, if it gets washed away faster, then it's leaving a scent trail, is it not? So maybe the scent trail is stronger, but not as long lasting. So I do use scent on my hard body lures. Not often, because I find that when I'm using hard body lures, I might change a few and I kind of just don't want to put grease, you know, a greasy material on the on the lures and then pack it back up if I change my mind and want to try a different color and style. So I do a lot more chopping and changing when I'm fishing hard body lures. That that would be the reason why. So I guess it's not a legitimate reason. It's just being a bit lazy, if, if I do say so myself. But yeah, no, nothing wrong with putting some scent on the hard body lures. If it's leaving a trail, it's dissolving in the water behind it. That's that's great. Flick and fish with Anthony says, what colors do you recommend for the jackal chubbies? I like the um, this color. <laughs> what color is that? I think that should come up on the screen. Let me just check my screen there. There we go. This one's the jackal chubby silent. Let's turn up the right way around. It's brown. It's it's um it's called what's it say on the pack here? Come on, help me out, packet. Brown Suji shrimp. Deep diving chubby 38 millimeter silent brown Suji shrimp. So that's the one. In the atomic series, they call this the muddy prawn color. 
So that's the one that I've used most often on um, on my stream. Actually, let me get that, that thing off the screen. Jeez, I'm so bad at this. Oh, okay. Um, all right, let, let's keep going down. Hardest fighting fish in the estuary? Uh, Mulloway, uh, sorry, not Mulloway, Kingfish. These days, Kingfish go all the way up the system. I think for, for a sustained fight, Kingfish, for a short fight, you do get Mulloway that you just can't turn the handle against. They're just that powerful. They've got that big tail. And if you've got to cap it, I think if you're going to cap it such as some kind of rating system, like a pound for pound or something, you know, like in boxing, then maybe, maybe something like a sore tail. I've heard that they go extremely hard. Um, but yeah, apparently they only go for a short period of time, but they'll, they'll, they'll dust you. They'll smoke you right from the get go. I need to experience that one day. So I'll eat, know when that happens. So yeah, that's that. They're, they're my picks, especially in the estuary. Out towards the ocean, I don't know. Uh, I, I really don't know what the hardest fighting fish is. Is it, is it marlin? Marlin and tuna, they'll fight till they die offshore. I hear stories of um, people fighting marlin and tuna for hours, like what, six plus hours, 10 plus hours, and you know the fish is, end, is basically dead by the time they are able to bring it in, if they're able to bring it in. I think that there's another issue when they die mid-fight. I think particularly with marlin, you just can't... Um, you can't bring them up. It's just like dead weight for some reason. Ehab187, what's your favorite hard body? Favorite hard body? Um, I guess the Atomic. Atomic deep diving 38 millimeter crank in Ghost Gill Brown. Stunned, done the damage for me. Plenty, plenty of fish. Plenty of fish. Ehab187, are you and Flick with Mick going to do a collab? I think I was supposed to do a collab with like literally everyone at this stage. I think if you go back a year, I was like, yeah, collab this, collab that, let's talk ideas. And then suddenly, you know, life just got busy. And now I've got like a list of like 50,000 people. And yeah, I, I don't know when I'm going to get around to it. Uh, even like doing something like this live stream took literally all day. I had to sacrifice a day of um, a day of fishing just to do this live stream, to prep it up, to get ready, um, you know, to come up with like stream ideas, what to say. You know, just just all that just takes takes time, and then after this, then I've got to like, you know, pretty much get make sure that this is uploaded properly onto Apple Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know, all those um, platforms for podcasting. And then you know, Thursday's pretty much around the corner by the time I'm done with that, and you know, the next video needs to come. Yeah, so that's why I've stopped promising anything I did not know was going to turn out like this. Um, yeah, even, even with AK and Mike, I need to do it. <laughs> I see that guy almost literally every week and he's like, oh, Shreem, when are we going to do, do a collab? <laughs> I can only fish at hours like this right now, but I'll have to sacrifice a live stream to do so, if that makes sense. All right, Andrew Fishman. Hi, how's it going? I haven't seen you in a while. He says, LOL, when they die, they're like dead weight for some reason. <laughs> That's true. You got me there, Andrew. Hey, that's um that's the beauty with live stream. You guys know that. Um, <laughs> hopefully, no one. I mean, this is uh, this is YouTube, so I don't know if you can clip anything. But I know on like Twitch, if if the streamer says something ridiculous or funny, there's like all these people making little clips and sending them around, little memes and stuff. 
good to uh good 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 to good to see you andrew alex says shroom the s factor you you use in videos looks different to the black and yellow one in shops is there a difference well as far as i know it's not different it's the same material it's the same it's the same scent it's just that i get mine from buying pro uh, squidgy pro range lure packets and in them they provide for you like a tiny tube with some s factor as well now if you're like me and you you know you're not always using it like toothpaste you're just using smearing just a thin layer on and you're doing about 10 15 20 casts and then you might apply some more and you know on some days you don't even bother with the scent because maybe the tailor are around or something and you don't want to track them then you know a little bottle like that goes a very long way for me but if you really wanted to you know purchase it then they've got that big yellow black bottle that tube it's like toothpaste and um most people will purchase it like that so that's why mine looks different because i'm using it from the pro range packets as far as i know it's the same stuff hi says what are your thoughts on doing a fishing live stream while you're out would you do one you know what i've actually done one before i think i've done a few before i thought about doing um doing like a, a like a night live stream one because that's a time when people are on on their computers you know i wouldn't be able to do one you know for example 6 a.m in the morning 5 a.m on a saturday morning everyone's either fishing or you know they're asleep in bed so it doesn't make sense then um i did do one with ak mike once and i think that was the first collab we did that one we did at I think at nine nine o'clock in the morning or ten o'clock, so that was a pretty good time, pretty good time. But the only problem was the fish weren't biting, so we caught a few small brim here and there, leather jackets. I think maybe a pinky, pinky or two. Yeah, maybe 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 again one day if it's firing, I'll just quickly fire up a live stream. Dejan Sankovic says, "Shrima, you're going to do some squid fishing soon." I, re I really should. I need to, need to get one of those sessions in. All right, here we go. Let's go find another question. Andrew Fishman says, if I was on Twitch, I would have clipped that so fast. <laughs> that's right. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I've said a few of these um, really weird things in my live stream. Uh, sorry, in my vlogs over the past two or three episodes, but no one's caught on to that. I've, 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 um, I've rewatched them. And there's a few circular arguments or few circular sentences that I say. It's, you know, for example, I mean, I can't think of one now, but I, could, I might be saying something like, well, it's a cold day today because, um, yeah, because it's just cold. You know, some, some ridiculous like that, but no one's called me out with, with something like that in, um, in, in the comments section. So they're kind of funny, those bloopers there. All right, Fish Bay Sydney Shroom, what camera do you recommend to buy if uh, wanting to make fishing videos? Um, I'm using the I'm, I'm using the GoPro 7 right now, so it's not the latest model. They're up to the 9. I recommend any action. Well, first of all, you need an action camera, and there's a few brands now that make an action camera. If you go back about, I think, five years, GoPro was literally the only brand you could buy that made action cameras, the GoPro Hero. Um, now you've got, I think, DJ, DJI, and I think there's even one more company. There's like three main players in the market now. I, I've I've had um I've had 
I've had a GoPro since the five. So I've got all the straps and the head, you know, head mounts and, you know, all that stuff, batteries. So I've just stuck with GoPro. I mean, I, I guess they all have their pros and cons. My my GoPro, for example, doesn't have a screen. So it's just, you literally, oh, sorry, it doesn't have a front facing screen. So it's not the best for vlogging because you can't see yourself. You kind of have to estimate what the camera can see. But um, yeah, I think the nine these days has has a front facing screen. So the DJI, DJI was the first one to have that, I think. And I think they're quite reliable as well. Current currently killing says, how do you find new spots? Well, first of all, I start um I start on Google Google Maps, check out a system or check out an area that I want to fish, go into the I think is it called the satellite view where you can see the watercolor and you can see like you know the terrain a little bit, the roads. Kind of try to analyze the shoreline, try to analyze if is there any weed showing or any structure in the immediate shallow bits of water and kind of decide and try to picture in my head what that might look like. And then, you know, think think of what potential species that I could come into contact with, depending on of of course the terrain, but also its vicinity to the ocean. Is this upper river? Is this lower river? And then from there, I'll decide what I'm going to bring, and I'll go there and I'll have I'll, I'll suss it out on the low tide, preferably. Um, high tide, if I'm going there high tide, I'm just literally just fishing it. If I go there low tide, I'm going there to learn the spot, trying to see what I can see, see how you know how the terrain up from the water level looks like when it's at its lowest point. That will tell me, you know, what kind of bait might be in the area. You know, on the exposed low ground, do I see rocks? Do I see a lot of crabs? Can I stand on that? Can I not stand on that? Um, is there any obvious section that suddenly starts to appear very deep when the water is all the way out? That will indicate where the, the channel might be. When the, you know, when, when the water comes in, you can't see any of that. So then you have to be able to, to read the surface of the water and see where the current line is and try to make an estimate on where that ledge might be. Low tide, there's no guesswork. You just pretty, literally just see it right in front of you. And also, um, it tell, it, it kind of like helps you hone that skill. So when I move around, it doesn't matter where I'm at, all that experience just helps me fish the next spot. And for example, there's an idea in my head that this this way that the current is flowing is pushing bait against this particular corner and that actually ends up working out then i find the same kind of situation in another place and generally that's a good starting point i'll quickly work out how best to to, to fish a place like that yeah very very interesting question that one um yeah lots lots of lots of things to consider rather than just rocking up and casting okay um Andrew Fishman, I think he's got something to add here. Currently killing Google Maps are your friend. Follow up with a bit of a Google search for the area. Yeah, these days, Google is your friend. You can find a lot of information um, on forums. One, one forum in particular that you may or may not have heard of is FishRadar. So go check, check, check them out. There's a, there's a huge, vast... Um, repository of information there 
um, literally on anything. Everyone's got experience and they've just over time accumulated that much information. Make sure you go check it out if you're into reading a bit more and doing a bit of research about a particular area or system. Um, shroom come, George's river fishing on my boat one day. One day, Alex, one day I'll find the time to do it. One day. Daniel Connor says, you inspired me to get into lure fishing. Quick question, Shroom. I, I tried using the two and a half inch Bazella. Haven't heard of that one by Daiwa. Would you know if this plastic is any good? Yeah, sorry, I haven't heard about that one. Can't help you there, Daniel. Um, I'll have to look it up after this live stream. Oh, yeah. Go, um, further to add to the last question, Andrew Fishman says, then go and watch for signs of fish. Explore and pick out likely lies, such as if you see any flathead, um, you know, dense, well, lies in the water. Okay, I couldn't find a word for that besides lies. Pools, you know, yeah, pools, underwater rocks, ledges. That's exactly right, Andrew. Franklin, the man, squid fishing is pretty fun. When was the last time you had to deal um, with a shark? Not, not that I can remember, actually. Not that I can remember. This past summer, I was supposed to um, organize a shark fishing night with all the boys get some carp or eel carcasses and yeah and see um see how many sharks we can hook and you know pass around the rod and see people get get getting their arms stretched so i'll have to do that i'll have to do that again fishing with jono says shrimp thanks for the stream definitely making my night legend for putting in the time for us not a problem jono glad you're enjoying it Catch 202, where to catch Aussie salmon in Sydney? Uh, good question. Right now, literally everywhere. Everywhere in every system, there are salmon out and about. They're busting up in the morning. They're chasing prawns. They're chasing bait fish. They're chasing prawns now. Um, go back a few weeks, they were chasing bait fish. Like I said early in the stream, I think there's a bit of a mini explosion of the prawn population right now. And that's what they're tuned in on. And they're pushing quite far up the rivers in the Para system and in Botany Bay, up the Georges as well. Sorry, up the Georges in the Botany Georges river system. I can tell you that um, if you go to Botany Bay and you start flicking some lures, you might actually see them. So they're that common right now. Doesn't mean that you're going to catch them, but they are there. They're there right now. This is the best time. Generally, like I said earlier in the stream, in the cooler months, you've got salmon persisting very far up the far up the rivers. All right. Um, yeah, let's keep let's keep going. What's the next question here? The tide is neat. Hi, how's it going? He says during winter, how does the colder water temps affect the behavior of the fish in our local systems? And would you say that the techniques you use and the areas you fish change? as a consequence um yes definitely so in the cooler months in the cooler months what what you have is you've got the slowing down of the fish's metabolism and so they're not as likely to chase faster fast moving lures so you have to slow down whatever lure you're using and it might also take out some options for you um, they start feeding also 
from from top water to to the mid column to right on the bottom and so that's where throwing in a few pauses when the lure is on the bottom is very effective um not not to say that surface surface offerings are going to be refused it's just that they're more likely to be refused when the water is cold you'll see a lot less splashing or surface disturbances in the winter that's for sure but you can still catch um you can still catch salmon bass tailor they're still going to readily hit the surface of the water kingfish as well brim maybe early in the morning but other than that they're kind of i mean they're always wary at all times of the year but summer months is when they're really likely to just keep hammering away at a surface lure that's doing a little bit of a popping or a frantic movement across the surface so everything just kind of slows down the fish's metabolism slows down there's less um there's less fish. It's, it's seemingly there's a there's less fish in the system for whatever reason. So um, the pickers start to go away. So even if you start bait fishing, you might find that your bait comes back untouched. I think AK and Mike said to me that there is a time of year where even if you throw out a prawn or a pili, fresh pili, you get it back in like three hours and there's not like a single touch on it. And that's like when it's time to pack up and just, come back another week uh we're not there yet we're not there yet last year was quite good i think towards august that was starting to happen but it didn't it didn't last for long so this year it's been a warm year up until probably the last week and a half or maybe two weeks and if you remember remember back from my previous last stream i said um that really extensive uh rain period was gonna literally dropping the temperature of the water rather quickly, but it kind of bounced back for whatever reason, and we haven't had like significant flooding rains since then. Now, last week we had you know a little bit of a rain rains uh, period, but I think in terms of the like the total amount of the quantity of rain that actually hit the system, it wasn't that much. But yeah, then again, that now the air temperature is a problem. It's it's making people not um. <laughs> not go out, go out and fish it's that cold andrew fishman says carp is such a great shark bait there yeah, that's right that's that's my pick they're easy to catch they're fun um i mean what more you can like when i catch carp it's literally um side casting them side casting or at least watching them on the surface hit my floating piece of bread that's my favorite way to to target them you can target them, um, obviously, at in, in the day, but at night, that's when I like to do it. And when it's quiet and you see like a big fish just stalk a piece of wonder soft bread and you're just rubbing your hand, uh, you just hope for that smash. And when it does, it's it's so good. And, 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 and you get fun out of that. And then you go shark fishing, which you get even more fun out of. Twice the fun. My, I think some of my friends prefer um, prefer eels, though. Eel being, I mean, carp, carp and eels are considered great bait because um, they're a bit on the oily side. Apparently, sharks uh, like um, oily, oily meat. So I guess that's the reason behind that. Um, okay, let's keep going. Um, let's keep going. Have I missed something here? Ian, Ian says, Ian Burdenshaw says, have you had a look at the Z-Man baby goat? No, I haven't. Is that that must be some kind of a new lure? How many new lures 
<laughs> have I missed this whole stream? Everyone's saying, have you seen this? And I'm like, what is that? Man, I, I, I need to get with the times, guys. Hi says, best part of lure fishing is that you're less likely to hook onto a shark. However, you're more likely to get your fish bitten off or eaten by a shark when you're retrieving it in. 100%. But I have hooked at least one shark that I can remember up in Weeper on like a, just a small small paddle tail. Threw it out behind the boat, worked it for a little bit, and um, that shark came on strong. Before I knew it, my Catalina was screaming on my Saltiga rod. Ended up biting me off, so never ended up uh, landing that fish where well, we saw it against the boat. In Sydney, I've had um, the unfortunate experience of hooking onto a really nice mulloway in the day on a lure and bringing back in the head. Um, that was a day to remember. I was literally standing up against the bank. It was all quiet. Had a cast, hooked up. When I set that hook, I knew within seconds that it was a good mull away. I couldn't budge it. And then it, it did that classic head shake, you know, that dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And you can feel your rod tip just getting thrown side to side, left and right. And you're thinking, oh, here we go. That's what I came for. The first run was amazing. But then it took another three runs. Another three runs, and um, at that time I was using a sustain two and a half thousand. So before I had my Stella, I was using a sustain. My sustain was going so quick and so hard. That pitch, that high pitch sound from the from the from the reel of the line just whizzing through the line roller and off the spool. That was something to behold. I I'd never heard something so high pitch before. It was literally giving off heat off the spool. And my reel was never the same. I ended up with a bent shaft. When I brought the fish in, it was just a head. It was bleeding. It was, it was, it was a bad sight because it was a massive fish. The head itself with like a bit, bit of its body was 61 centimeters I measured. Just the head. I was spewing. But when I saw that, I took a meter step back from the, from the bank because that was a bull shark. What else was it? I'm in like brown water fishing in the rivers, and that happens, and I'm standing inches away from the shore. No one to my left, no one to my right. It's all quiet. Better take a step back. You don't want to be that close to the bank now, knowing that there's big sharks down below fishing a deep hole. Yeah, but otherwise, besides from that experience, yeah, that was, I guess, the only time that I remember that I've been properly sharked. Offshore? Yeah, actually, I, I, I haven't had um, any problems offshore with sharks yet but you see it all the time you hear about it people always getting sharked when they're jigging for kings one day one day i'll be able to jig for kings and i uh, get sharked and then i'll be spewing it again all right um let's keep going um x2770 says what ethnicity are you i'm chinese um born born here in australia yes um Andrew Fishman, a jig with a large plastic shad style bait is shark magnets. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to tempt too many sharks. You could be right there, Andrew. Thomas says, Awasa. Okay, and I've just lost my place. That's okay. Let me just make sure that chat's coming along. 
Here we go. <laughs> is a risk. How long is a piece of string, <laughs> Andrew? Um, Paul Hooper says, if you could only use one lure for a day's fishing in Sydney Harbour, which lure would it be? Um, from up the river to down the river and every bit of water in between, I'd probably use either, I'll probably use a Zima and Slim Swims in, um, in Watermelon Red. Probably would be what I would use. Or Bloodworm. They're, they're probably my two favorite colors. And I chose a fish pattern because it might allow me to adjust to some faster moving water down near the mouth. Which would be a little bit harder with a grub. So, and, and and I guess that those lures, you can work them a little bit faster too. If I needed to burn it across the surface because there was a bus stop, that, that would be what I would use. Not ideal in either situation, color-wise or shape-wise, covering every single situation. Um, but yeah, that's what I would use. Ian Burdenshaw, you need to check out the TT YouTube channel distributors. Is it? Yes, I'll, I'll definitely do that, Ian. Um, Eden, uh, Andrew Fishman. Okay, that's uh, okay. Let me find the next question here. Hi says, wearing fishing gloves versus casting gloves versus no glove. What are the pros and cons? Okay, now, first of all, I wear gloves just out of um, out, out of um, out of habit. So, I, I mean, I, I don't really need to, to wear gloves, it's just a habit that I've got, and I've just continued wearing it. Um, you need casting gloves. Like a lot of people that fish using heavy gear, P4, P5 and up, they're using gloves. You just you just need that grip on your gear and you, ne you need to like hold on to your rod and your reel. You need like the big ball knob. You need a big handle to hold on to. You need to be able to squat down low. You need, you need gloves for your safety as well. Sometimes the line is going off the reel so quickly that if you touch it, you're going to slice your finger apart. I guess that's when you need gloves. What I'm doing, you don't really need gloves. Um, habit. I guess sun protection, that's a lot of these gloves say SPF 50 plus. I get a lot of sick for it, guys. But Believe me, in my comment section, once in a while, someone says, uh, what pansy wears gloves? Yeah. <laughs> Um, Tomo70 says, what is the best lure for targeting the Georges River special? Uh, you know what, Tomo? I am the forefront professor expert on that topic there. I could probably write an entire encyclopedia about the Georges River special. Um, you can catch them on the top of the water column. You can catch them on the bottom of the water column. You can catch them in still water, in fast water, in brown water. But there's one thing for sure. It's on the Georges. And it's something that you want every time you head out there. <laughs> Hopefully that answers your question. Jesse Baron Fishing, you got one. Any sponsors? Look, I, I'm, I'm not really looking for, for sponsors, Jesse. I'm just really just out here to have fun and um, yeah, make videos. Like I always get asked, how do I get started making videos? I've always made videos always made videos and um i realized one day that i did a lot of fishing so i started making um fishing videos those ogs from my channel will remember that i have well i still have gaming videos on my channel and some other random stuff so boys like i said i've always made videos i've even made a wedding video before so believe it or not i've done quite a few novo andreas says hey shroom what video on your channel is your favorite um, 
probably the Weeper video just because of what it means and sharing that adventure, that trip, that excitement and the hours that I put in to edit it and all the feelings that it invokes when I watch it back. Like that video was made for me. That video was made for everyone that went on the trip. And so I, when I watch that, it's not really a vlog, obviously, because it was one of my earlier videos. You know, I've, I've changed since then, but that was made for me so that I could watch again in years to come and just kind of like remember the place, remember the memories, remember some of the, you know, the funny moments, the excitement, um, the, com uh, the camaraderie, you know, just all that. So that is my favorite um, video on the channel. It's not watched very, uh, it hasn't got many views though. So it's, I understand it's, it was made for me. So it's not enjoyable if you don't know what's going on. Eden Dobie says, can you do another Aussie bass video, please? Yes, we'll, we'll be doing one at some stage. If, if not sometime in the next couple of months, I'll be doing one in the summer as, as always summer months. I like to go bass fishing. Maybe I'll, I'll ask James again and we'll do another one of those big bass adventures and see um and see what happens. Maybe we'll catch bass, maybe we won't, maybe we'll slip into the into the creek, maybe we'll come across a snake. I love that adventure. At the end of the day, after bass fishing, you put in a lot of hard work, you're tired. Sometimes you catch a few fish. It's always a it's always a nice feeling that you spent the day and you did something. The Tidy's Neef says, thanks, Shroom. Things have definitely slowed down for me in the past couple of weeks. Heading back out tomorrow. Though, would you also suggest finding areas of deeper water too? Um, I think the tides are quite massive right now. I, I mean, I, I haven't really checked the tide. I think the tide, is it around 8 or 9 a.m. tomorrow? The high, something like that. I think the last of the run in the start of run out might be, might be nice tomorrow. Yeah, plenty of water. So even all the way through up the rivers, it's good. There's the water clarity that I've seen in all systems has been quite good. So just got to find the bait. If you're out early enough, you might see bust-ups, kingfish and uh, salmon. Right now, if I was heading out, I'd be looking for salmon or kingies. Easy to see when they start making a commotion on the surface. All right. Uh, what's this? Fake fake moon man alert. Hi, how's it going, Moe? Um, oh yeah, there's a I see it now. He says, catch some surf fish. All right. <laughs> well, I haven't seen a fake shroom yet, so that's that's been good. One day, I guess the whole chat will be your shrooms. Um, hi says, Have you ever encountered people taking undersized fish? Did you tell them off or educated them that it was undersized and or report them to the DPI? Um, personally, I haven't um approached too many people and done anything physical i've just gave them a passing word and asked them you know are you aware of the rules this and that and i'll let them decide whether they want to continue doing what they're doing now there was one time when i saw someone using a, a net a gill net setting up a gill net along the side of the river i just um i was close by so i just continued fishing recorded a bit of it and then um went you know went around the side to see where they were parked got some footage of their number plate got some footage of them going back to their car going away coming back with some people and then continuing the operation and once i had enough data enough footage 
I contacted the DPI and the DPI really helped me out. They, they got them. So they, they ended up um, dealing with them. I think they got arrested or something. It was a serious offense. The guy was very uh, happy with, um, with, with my help and he gave me his personal number and he said, look, if you see anything like this again, just call me right away. Don't even submit on the website because you really, you know, you really got enough information that we can put these guys away. So just call me up and I'll personally come right down to the river and deal with them. And so, yeah, so if you do the right thing, you can always get, you can always get those people to face the music. So like I always say, there's no need for any violence or physical confrontations, kicking in buckets in the water. It's all good, but they're just going to continue where they're, where, where it's really going to hurt is if, um, if, if the authorities actually deal with them and then it's like a, you know, like a proper process and you, you can't dodge that. So my ninja way says, how's it going shroom? Good. Not, not too bad. It's been a good night. It's been a good live stream. So guys, if you're enjoying it, make sure you hit the, hit the like button, subscribe. And um, yeah, for those of you that, that miss it or you want to watch it later, it's going to come up on Apple Podcasts and uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know, all, 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 the, all the hosting platforms. You can find it there as well. Nova says, Shroom, would you consider to make a music channel as I did watch the Weeper video? You, okay, so something just happened there. You had an amazing, <laughs> whoa, okay. Thank you very much. I get a few weird questions. Some people, uh, weird comments in my video sometimes. Some people say, well, you got a you got a nice voice or something like that, and I'm and I'm thinking, well, I'm just talking. I don't know if they're just trying to get a reply or something. Um, any possibility you are able to start up a channel or make a video of yourself singing? Um, I'd love to do that one day. I just don't think I'm good enough. I just don't think I'm good. I don't think people would want to to listen to that. It might end up on um as a funny clip rather than a clip to, to demonstrate singing skill. <laughs> Dejan um, Stankovich, what bait and hook size would you suggest for flathead? Flathead's uh, 3.0. So if you want to chase big flathead, I like to use 3.0, um, 3.8 ounce jig head. That's what's done the damage for me on all my 80 plus class fish. You need something strong. You need something that's going to um, stand up to those strong, heavy head shakes. So I like to use a heavy gauge, a light gauge. The fight does go long. If you catch a heavy flathead in current, it goes long. So you're only sweating bullets. That's what happened to me. I was feeling the pressure. I could feel the heart rate just climb up when I, when I saw the fish. Because you get to see the flathead rather early. Once you see it and it does, it just doesn't want to be landed, your heart's just going to start pumping and pumping. And you need that hook to be strong. Ian Burdenshaw says, confronting people and telling them what to do usually ends up with you going to a hospital. Best to walk away and tell the authorities. Yes, that's right. Like, um, I know, um, like, I'm not a big, I'm not a big guy. I'm a small guy. So, but even if I was a big guy, I would not physically confront someone i'd rather that they felt guilty that i spoke to them nicely and then they considered what i was saying and then that 
reduce their chance of committing that same offense twice, then to make them get really angry and um, and frustrated and just like continue to do it out of spite. You know, like if you're nice to people, people might treat your advice um, with with a bit more respect than if I just, you know, pumped up my chest and started banging on it and just said, what are you doing? What are you doing, dude? What is this? You know, are you this and that? Yeah, it's just going to end up bad. And um, and what else is, at the end of the day, we're both anglers in the public eye. So you, the person, and the offender, you're both anglers. The general public looks at the both of yous as though you're the same kind of people. So you're just going to get more spots locked up if, you know, you're creating a ruckus, um, violence, you know, anything which provokes and scares the general public is just a bad thing. Just have a quiet word. If enough people come up to them and say the same thing, I think most reasonable people will think twice about doing it again. And hopefully they they go home and they look it up and then they decide, you know what? It's probably not worth doing. These guys are right. These guys are right. They're looking out for me. I'm looking out for them. They probably could have called the DPI and they might have come down, but they told me about it first. They warned me, you know, maybe, maybe it's the right thing to do. I think that's the best course of action. And like I said, it's it's never good confronting someone in the public eye. It just looks bad. The general public just looks at anglers and groups them together. We just make noise and we trash places and you know, fight, etc. Um, no, <laughs> no though, 70 centimeter brim or three meter jewfish. I think I'd have to take the three meter jewfish, the three meter jewfish. So let's let's think mathematically. Mathematically, people have caught in the mid fifties or high fifties brim. So seventy centimeters. Let's say that's twelve centimeters off that. Twelve centimeters off um off fifty is like twenty five. Say it's twenty five percent increase up up on the upper echelon limit of what you would expect from like a record breaking fish. Now a three meter jewfish. I know Mulloway gets about one seventy. So we're like what what are we? 130 of 170. So we're, we're 130 of 170. That's most of it. Let's say that's about 80% increase. So just based on numbers alone, Andreas, my argument is the three meter Jewfish. <laughs> but I think most people would choose the three meter Jewfish anyway. I want something that you can rest on your lap, you know? So who doesn't want to catch a fish where it's so big that, so it starts off, um, you're holding it in one hand, then it gets so big that you got to hold it with both hands. Then it gets so big that you've got to rest it on your lap. How heavy would a three-meter jewfish be? Hi says one-piece versus two-piece versus three-piece travel rods versus telescopic rods. What are the pros and cons? Okay, first up, if you're going for performance, sorry, first up, if you do not need the extra pieces, don't get those extra pieces. So if you're going to... If you're just going to use a, a rod in the normal conventional sense, pack it in the car, bring it out, fish it, put it back in the car, drive back home, there's no need for a three-piece rod. I, You could argue that you need a two-piece rod for your car. That I understand. Two-piece rods, not too bad. Um, but telescopic rods, where you start getting nearly so many segments in the rod, that action and the, that sensitivity, that's gone down the drain. Like you're literally just paying for a stick that has a mild bend to it. There's no, 
excuse me there. Um, there's 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 no reason to get that many pieces unless you're willing to sacrifice all the action and sensitivity of a rod. So that's unfortunately the case. The more segments that a rod has in general, the more joins that it has, and that just affects the bend. And then connecting it up means that you don't have one true piece of the blank. So not only is the action affected, but now you've got some sensitivity transmission issues through through the rod as well. So one piece rod, ideally, if everyone could um, could cater to that, would be the best performing rod. It's not always the best rod for everyone, but it is the best performing rod in terms of the action and the sensitivity. And then if you start to need um, portability, then obviously go for a two-piece. And obviously three and telescopic and above, you know, three-piece and above. Obviously, unless you're talking about fly rods, which they all pretty much come in like four pieces, but, you know, a regular spin rod, three, three pieces and telescopic, unless you're going to pack it on a plane or something, I don't see the point. I really, uh, yeah, I, I really don't see the point in those. Now, let's look closer into one versus two because that's pretty much what... Um, What's the, you know, th that's the go these days. If you're going to buy a rod, you're going A, one piece, B, two piece. Where's the difference there? Okay. So I think like, besides from the small differences that I've um, pointed out in the last minute or two, because it's not going to be so pronounced with the two piece, right? You don't have that many pieces that like needing to be connected up. But what you do have now is, you have the added assurance that if you snap the rod, a two-piece is easier to replace the tip of than a one-piece rod. So I've got all my all my high-end rods, besides from um, so all my high-end rods, which are seven foot and under, are all single piece because you know you're paying big bucks for what? Performance, extra sensitivity, lightness of weight, trueness of blank, all that. All that is what you're paying for when you're paying like $600 plus. So most of these rods are single piece. Now, um, there I do have some, you know, two piece high end rods, but not many. Most, most of the brands just make a one piece in the high end. But if I was to snap, um, uh, hang on, let, let me, let me shout this out before I forget. Cause I've been pretty bad with this. All right. So Moonland fishing has, um, He's, he's put up a super sticker. Thank you very much, Moe. Thanks for supporting the stream. Really appreciate it. Um, now, getting back to the question, guys. So if, if I snap my Edge Black Widow, that's 800, that's 800 bucks. I, don't, I can't get that rod back to its original condition. That's gone. That, that rod. Um, so long, see you later. 800 bucks, gone. Uh, if I snap my Battler... Same thing, gone. I'd, I'd be spewing. Now, I have actually snapped a Battler Beowulf before. And that day that that happened in my mouth was like, oh, a heart attack. I can feel a heart attack coming along. That tip, that tip went bang. And I was like, uh, what now? I've had the rod for about a day, not even a day, like one session. What's going on here? Went back to the shop. They sent it into Daiwa and yeah. Factory, you know, factory manufacturing defect. And so I got a replacement. But, you know, when that happened, let's say that it wasn't a manufacturing defect. I'd be, I'd be in trouble. I'd literally be in trouble right now. Um, 
Yeah, so <laughs> but with a two-piece rod, it's a lot cheaper to just replace that tip section there. All right. Um enter the dragon says, Are you saying ISO rods are no good? Well, I don't have an ISO rod. ISO rods are very long rods. They're like fly rods. You have to have multiple pieces. You can't carry around a nine foot single piece. Eight foot, nine foot, ten foot, twelve foot, whatever, whatever foot. It's not, not not something that I would say I know too much about, but they're definitely long rods. So you'd have to you'd have to get multiple pieces. You you don't have a choice there. But if you could get a single piece ISO rod, can you imagine that? Can you imagine like not having any cast offs? Like if you cast a rod, your tip piece doesn't go flying. You don't have to adjust the guide so it's perfectly straight. Everything is true on a one piece. That's the advantage. Not saying that multiple piece rods aren't good. Multiple piece rods have their advantages, but that's the difference between them. Ian Burdenshaw says, uh, what about braid? I think braid comes down to preferences. Everyone's, um, everyone's idea of a good braid is different according to their experiences and the kind of characteristics in a braid that they want. For me, I like something that's smooth, but most importantly, I like something that's reliable. It has to be reliable. A lot of the time, it doesn't matter if I'm chasing brim, you'd you'd get bycatch, you'd get kingfish bycatch, salmon bycatch, trevally. Everything pulls really, really hard. And if that braid's just not reliable, you're never going to land that trophy fish. So that's the first thing. It has to be reliable, has to tie a strong knot. And then after that, I don't want it to have wind knots. I understand fishing with braid, you're always going to get the odd wind knot. That's just a part of it. But there are some braids that just don't agree with the way you keep your line or they don't agree with the guides of your rod or the reel. Whatever it is, those factors that I mentioned actually have a big influence. So you can use the same braid, but if you use it on a different reel, you may not get wind knots all of a sudden. But if you use it on, a, say, a size too small of a reel and the guides are just a certain size or spacing apart, suddenly loops start forming every second cast and it just doesn't agree. I had that problem up in uh, in Weeper when I was chasing Longtail. So I was with um, Joel and James, regulars on the channel again. Um, for some reason, my Catalina spooled with 40-pound J-Braid. So this is like the old the old J braid, one of the first editions of it. So I was using that up in Weeper. Every cast, when the long tails were busting up, like literally you see barrels just coming up, like meter fish, somewhere between 80 to a meter 10 at least coming up out of the water. It's like a hot, it's a hot fireworks. Like literally it's, I'll, I need to see more of those things. That that kind of sight is what gets, gets the heart pumping. Every time that happened, Stand on the front of the boat, whip out that cast as hard as possible, get that metal out in, into the middle of that school where they're smashing the bait, wind really quickly. For some reason, every cast, when it was my turn to go hook my long tail, biggest wind knot right on the cast. Unbelievable. So whatever, whatever it was, I, I don't I don't believe it was just the braid, but it was a combination of the braid, the reel, um, the guides on the rod just the speed that it was leaving the reel, maybe even the, the the leader or even the lure that I was using, the weight that it was pulling the line through the guides, just disagreed. 
and yeah, that <laughs> that was a horrible day. <laughs> a horrible day. Ended up hooking one up on Joel's combo, and uh, yeah, it it got me in the end. So we saw it at the boat. Went for another, I think, 10, 15 minutes, and I wasn't able to bring it in. Um, I think I got sidetracked on that braid question. But yeah, so for brim fishing, reliability, price matters a lot to me. I like multicolor as well. But um, smoothness plus as well. But yeah, num number one priority would be reliability. It's got to be reliable. Rob Berlin, can I catch a brim without a $500 reel? Well, certainly you can. You can catch it with um, with a hand line. You can catch it with a Sienna. There's like a $50 reel. So I, 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 use, um, I use expensive reels because it's just what I like to use. It's not out of anyone's reach. It's just whether you can physically justify um, putting that kind of money towards a reel. That's all. Like everyone could... You know, if if you have a job, everyone can afford that reel. It's just whether they want to or they don't. Okay, so it's not. So that that that's not the way I think about it. I think about it in in the sense that if I fish every single day, I want to fish with something that I enjoy my day, even if um I don't catch anything. And that's the you know that's the reel I want. So, but let me tell you, I've got Siennas in the back. They've caught everything from brim to kingfish. My 90, what, 92 centimeter kingfish came off a Sienna 4000 Kmart rod. And the rod's like broken. Sorry, the, the real foot's like broken. I've taped it onto the rod. But it did the job. It, it, caught, me, it caught me the 92 centimeter kingfish. So, and back then, they were 30, what, 35, 42 bucks, those reels. Sienna um, FE, is it? It's one of the older ones. It's a blue, blue, blue and um, light green coloration one if you want to know which one that is my ninja way says my ninja way says team daiwa ian bertishaw x4 x8 what do you prefer x4 is cheaper x4 is more flat x8 is rounder it just means that there's eight weave you pay you pay money for it i think for brim fishing i'm happy with x4 but you know right now i'm using um ygk o dragon wx4 that's the orange braid that you see now but go back about a month and I was using, you know, that green and yellow braid, which is Gosen, um, eight casting. That's eight weave. It's a bit more round. They both do the job, but yeah, it's, it, I think mostly it comes down to what you, what you prefer and the price X eight costs a lot and you can even get 12 weaves these days. 16 weave. I think I might've heard of that, but yeah, I'll have to check on that. But 12 weave, for example, Saltiga makes a 12 weave. I think for estuary fishing, if you're changing your braid pretty much every season, X4 is fine. X8, I think if I was um, putting a braid on for a large reel, a round braid is good. Just, I, I you know, I want to stay connected to that, um, to that fish of a lifetime. Andrew Fishman. He says, LOL, Rob Berlin, you can catch brim on a, that's right, handline hook and a piece of bread. Yeah, that, that was a really good time. At one stage, Terry and I were at a Sydney Harbour Wharf and we caught so many brim just on um, prawns, just prawns and a simple hook just dropped at our feet at the wharf. And uh, what turned them on was when the, when the boats were launching and they turned on their motors. 
and it just stirred up the bottom and you could just literally see all the brim and all the fish just swam in to investigate and if you just dropped anything down there boom that they smash it saw a kingy that day as well swimming close but didn't show up on the footage and um i didn't get a cast in so it was just outside of range it was swimming too quickly to get my bait down Alex Verley says, Shroom, I bought the Shimano Jewel 7 foot, 1 to 4 kilogram. And Shimano Sedona, 2,500. What do you think? I think that's a yeah great setup. Shimano Jewel, heaps of reviews on that. It's it's a known, reliable um, brand or well, name of rod from Shimano. I think it's about a hundred and is is about a hundred and something dollars. And the Shimano Sedona, that's like one or two up from the Sienna. The Siennas go hard, like I told you before. I caught like a 92-centimeter kingfish off that one. I've got all the sizes, 1,000, 2,500, and 4,000. Sedona's even better than that. I think you're going to enjoy that combo, Alex. Sounds like a really um, a really nifty, affordable combo that, you know, anyone could, anyone could um, access, anyone could purchase. Like I said, you don't have to spend big bucks like I do, like, you know, like I only bought like one or two reels of that range. It's just that I use it all the time. Since, you know, I purchased it, that's what it's there for. It's to be used to, to be fished. That's what I do. I don't buy it and then just look at it. <laughs> Michael Lee says, I've seen from your videos that you had a lot of success. You, you have, a, you've had a lot of success at Cook's River. Every time I went though, I either catch nothing or the odd flat head. What other different difference makers? I, I, I mean... It's hard to say. I know the system like the back of my hand. I've put in hundreds, hundred, I can't say thousands, but I've put in hundreds of sessions, no doubt, hundreds of sessions. And I don't pick tides sometimes. So I'd be there on the bottom of the low. I'd be there on the last of the, the run out, the last of the run in, any tide in between, king tides, uh, you know, or maybe just weak tides learning what rain does to the system, knowing when they open, you know, for example, observing what happens when they open the sewer system, when all the rainwater flushes through, just all these little things just make it so that I understand how the system works. And I guess that's just experience. That's just experience. But um, Cook's River in general fishes well when there's a lot of water and it's running out. As a general rule, not not every time, but as a general rule, that's when the system is alive. But it does, like I said, it doesn't matter if sometimes if there's no water, they'll still still be firing for whatever reason. Um, so give 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 that a give that a try, Michael. Um, all right, we're gonna answer a few more questions, guys. Ian Bertershaw says, I know of another fisher who uses the wash from the ferries and always seems to hook up just after a ferry goes. By yep, that's like um, that's classic textbook fishing. When that ferry comes by, it's stirring up the bottom. All that food is just elevated throughout the water column. It 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 makes the water murky for a moment. Predators come in to have a suss. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of commotion. Pick off a few morsels of food. When it settles down, they're gone. And then you're casting, and nothing happens. But when the ferry's churning it up. You're getting the, the odd nibble. And you know, and um that's that's pretty much exactly what I thought was happening at the boat ramp. Uh, Flick with Mick says, let's go, let's go. 
<coughs> oh my, my my voice is dying a few more questions guys i'm literally dying here hope you're enjoying the show make sure hit the like button subscribe videos all the time i uh, hope you yeah like i said hope you hope you're enjoying it hope you're enjoying it and if um if you want to catch it at a different time apple podcast spotify etc etc okay mr x i've been out with someone who has more gear than a shop two of the lion gear top top of top of the line gear two catches um catches nothing i have nothing good popped a okay all right so um gear doesn't make the fisherman guys <laughs> that's not how it works gear doesn't make the fisherman um i'm not saying i'm not saying that the gear that i have doesn't at least help me catch maybe feel that odd tap that you know a ten dollar rod won't pick up not saying that but I'm, I'm i'm definitely saying that you don't need the most expensive gear to catch fish you can use a hundred dollar rod fifty dollar reel about 150 everyone's got got that within them everyone's got that within the, to save for a combo like that and um and 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 catch yeah and and catch you know lures doesn't matter if i tie on a z-man watermelon red grub to a ten dollar combo or my combos that i'm using if the fish like what they see they're going to hit the lure they're not going to know what's on the end of it it helps of course smoother drag longer lasting etc etc but it's a sliding scale you know if i double the price of the gear it doesn't mean i double the price sorry double the chance of the fish no it doesn't work like that law of diminishing returns up until a certain level i think once you get to about a hundred dollar 150 dollar setup 200 setup that's it that's like you're getting 99 of what you're going to get out of the most expensive gear out there like that's that's literally all you need even if you've got a 50 dollar combo you're doing 80 percent of what a top end combo might be doing so yes rest assured don't need to spend that the big bucks Hey, it's George Fisher right at the end of my street. Hey, how's it going, George? Hope you hope you're having a wonderful night. Um, an hour and a well, an hour forty six already. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, good good to see you, mate. Um, Andrea says, why did you stop using Sunline Castaway? I've I've got a few spools. I've always got gear, and I just need to start using them. So I'm not changing away from Sunline Castaway for any particular reason other than the fact that. At that time, I already had a spare spool of Gosen W8 casting. That was, oh, sorry, Gosen 8 casting. That was it. And the only reason why I'm using YGK O Dragon now is because that's what I've got in, in my stock. That's like, if I look through my gear, I just look at what I've got and I decide, hey, you know what? Maybe I'll give this a run again. All these, all these lines I've used many times over the years so that's why i already know what to expect because i've always used them i've always used castaway always use ghost and i've always used um here's another one that they don't make anymore the uh the power pro power pro bite motion brings a tear to my eye thinking that they don't make that anymore um yeah ygk o dragon wx4 etc etc um Hi says, when's the next stream, Shroom? Hopefully, hopefully very, very soon. 
Um, but yeah, no promises. As you know, it, it takes a lot to get me going. <laughs> Unfortunately, it takes a lot. You guys have to be banging on the door and saying, "Hey, Shrim, when's the next live stream? Come on, um, get 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 up here, get, get up here and start start speaking." <laughs> then then I'll then I'll do it. Um, Issa Rizik says, "What line should I uh, use for brim break?" <laughs> LOL. He says, "I'm sure you mean brim." Look, brim fishing, the most accessible species, use whatever you can afford. You don't have to use Castaway. You don't have to use OH Dragon. Um, you don't have to use Gosen. I started using, um, what's that really cheap braid that you can get? It was only like 10 bucks or 15 bucks. It worked, but it just didn't last very long. That's all. Um, but, you know, there's like Fireline. There's, what else is there? Yeah, I've used Fireline. I've caught jews on fireline it's just not my style it's a bit stiff that's all but that's really affordable it's like 20 bucks a spool um what else is cheap i think there's a cheap sunline one i think that you might have to deal with the wind knots what, what's it called sunline something or other there's a sunline one which has a high ten higher tendency to to wind knot but it's very affordable very smooth so it's good on it, it you know it, it's going to give you the smooth drag um, ties a pretty strong knot. Yeah. So, and, um, hang on, wait, one more. How, what, how can I miss power pro? I keep missing that one. Power pro, super reliable. Go get that yellow version, get your five pound, your three pound, your eight pound, 10 pound. I've used all of them. Super reliable. You use it a few times. That stiffness goes away. And it's very visible too. Yellow, one of the best colors. Orange, very good. Green, can't really see it. Can't really see it at night. Green, good in the day, bad at night. Cloudy, orange is a bit weird, I think. Green, ah, oh, actually, yeah. I, I mean, I, I gotta, I gotta write these down next time I observe it because I've got my particular thoughts about colors given the conditions. So generally, if I'm not sure, I like using orange or yellow, the most visible out of all the braids, day and night. Ian Bertershaw says, anyone use the new platypus braid? Is it the eight bionic, is it called? Is it, it's pink, isn't it? Pink. Stewie, Stewie, a regular on the channel from Fish Raider. He uses, uh, I think he's 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 currently using the platypus bionic braid. I had a few casts with that. Seems very good. It's either pink or it's purple. If, if, if that is the color, then I'm, I've got the right braid. Uh, Patning says... Um, what are your thoughts about Jarvis of Walker Lewis? I, I don't know about Jarvis Walker Lewis. I, I haven't seen them. I've not seen them at all. Okay. Last couple of questions, guys. Last couple of questions. Um, I got to get out of here. So Moonman Fishing says, do you think braid visibility puts off shy fish? 110%. Um, I feel like I'm not even fishing if my lead is about 30 centimeters sometimes. I've just got this thing at the back of my mind that says, look, you're just wasting your time. They, they're literally going in for the bait and where their eyeballs are, right above them is a piece of like stuff. If, even if they can't see it, they can feel it. They can sense it. They can sense something's wrong. Um, yeah. I, I, I believe that um, braid visibility is, is an issue, but color, I, I, I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to say. Even fluorocarbon is visible under the water. Like everyone thinks that you can't see fluorocarbon. That's not true. That's that's 100% not true. 
um, it's not invisible at all. If you just go diving and you just look under the water and look up at your lure connected to something, you'll see that line. It at least will change the refractive index around it enough that you can see the outline of the line. Even if it is colorless, even if it is purely clear, the round nature of the line itself will direct line, uh, light through differently. And even though it's transparent, you can see the outline. All right, last question, last question. No, okay, this is not a question. This is a bonus one. He said, you head out for a fish. Uh, no, no, no but, but if I could, I would. If I could, I would. Okay, last question. Let's see. What's, what's a good question? Um, okay, not, 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 not too long. That, that question looks a bit too long. Um, here we go. Okay, well, we'll, answer, we'll answer fishing with Jono's question. He says, Shroom, what's a good quality, affordable live bait set up for kings and Jews? Just looking to purchase one. All right. Um, that is a big question. Okay. I'll half answer this one. I'll probably discuss more with you. Just send, send, send me a private message, DM somewhere on my social medias. But I think like the Shimano Mycura is a pretty strong, reliable rod that people keep bringing up. So look into that. Um, reels. I, I, I don't think you can go past two, two, two reels. You can't go past the Daiwa. BG, there's a new one now as well, but you know, the old one, new one, that's good. Cheap, metal, really strong, and the ever reliable Shimano Saragossa. Live bait, crank that, get, get a big one, crank that drag up, sit back, <laughs> and you'll be fine. All right, very, very last question, very last question, okay, or, or very last comments. Um, Ian Burnshaw says, even when I bait fish, I find the bites rate drops once my leader drops below half a yes 100% once it gets short i don't know if it's just my gut feeling i have definitely um experienced the same thing it doesn't matter if it's mono or fluorocarbon it needs to be more than a, more than a meter if it's more than a meter i'm feeling comfortable if it's starting to be very short i'm not feeling too comfortable then Okay, last last question. Is there a last question here, or should I, okay? Andrew Fishman, everyone fishing braid needs to learn one of the smooth leader knots, like the improved Albright or um, FP. What's the FP? Improved Albright. I have learned the Albright. It just doesn't agree with my casting, but a lot of people swear by it. A lot of people swear by that that um that knot. One good thing about the Albright is I I, I got to hand it to it. If you need a if you see a bust up, you snap off, and you need that leader on right then and right there. Fastest knot you could tie, all bright. Do a loop down, up it a couple of times, pull tight, cast out. Even with the tagged, just cast your lure out and you're done. Andrew Fisher, if you can't reel the lead onto the rod, you should not be fishing braid. FG, yeah, FG, yeah. FGs, that's the that's that's the one I use. I, I got I gotta show you guys how I tie it sometime. There's a few, there's a few knots that I should show you. All right, guys, my time is up here. Thank you very much for joining another Shroom Live podcast. Um, as I end, if you enjoyed the show, make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. Thanks to everyone that donated tonight and became members. Um, if you want to support me, you guys can obviously, yeah, become a member or, you know, keep, just keep watching the video. You, that, that support is enough. I really appreciate all the support. Every video, you guys just stand up and you're all over my comments section. And you're always packing out my my live streams as well. You know, it's incredible. I really appreciate it. And yeah, one yeah, one last thing. Hope you guys um 
hope you guys, if you head out this weekend or over the next weekend, hope you guys catch that fish of a lifetime. Hope you guys have a wonderful time. And yeah, I'll see you guys on Thursday in the next video. See you later.